My next guest on Tea Time with me, Ali Monjak, is award-winning actress Janie D. Janie had a light bulb moment in Beijing and decided to start the London Climate Festival. Six weeks of well-known artists and scientists working together to celebrate the planet and fight climate change. And that was going to happen this year in 2020 March. Unfortunately, because of lockdown, it hasn't been able to go ahead. But that has not disturbed Janie at all. She is still putting together people and fighting the climate change fight and coming up with other ideas for the festival, which is now going to take place in its full form next year in 2021. Janie also has three dates to perform at Crazy Cox in September. That's the first, the second and the third. Let's find out more. So, Janie, welcome to Tea Time with Ali Monjack. You have had an extensive acting career and now you're very much an activist for climate change, aren't you? You know, I, I thought I was. Before the lockdown happened, I'd got a whole festival of eight weeks full of the best British artists, comedians, singers, great scientists, activists themselves and, and uh, environmentalists together to do this eight-week festival. Of course, it was stopped in its track. And I, you were just saying that we've had a hard time in lockdown. And I have to say that when they first said stop, I was absolutely relieved that we could just stop and I didn't have a hard time in lockdown I mean there have been a couple of moments that have not been easy but overall compared with what some people have gone through I've had time in my garden I've had time with my little boy not so little anymore and with my family that I didn't expect to have time with and most of all time to really think I like nature. I love hearing the birds sing. I love being in the garden. And what do I really want to do now for the climate change thing? I want to, I'm, I'm involved with Extinction Rebellion because I think they're great, but am I an activist? I'm not, I'm not doing enough yet. And um, so my, my kind of main objective with the Climate Change Festival is to help people like me who go, I'd like to do a bit more, but I don't really know how to do it and what to do. Right. And so I, I'm starting very soon a, a video diary of, you know, somebody said to me, Sky Gingell, who runs Spring Restaurant in Sun, uh, Somerset House, she said, do not throw any of your plastic away. From now on, just don't throw it away. So I've got a cupboard over there. I'm really glad you can't see in it. But I've got boxes full of stuffed plastic bottles that you get the plastic bottle, you stuff all your thin plastic in it until it's absolutely chocker. Eco bricks. Eco bricks, exactly. And so we're going to try and build a little kind of centre in the middle of town, in the middle of London, that will be the centre of the London Climate Change Festival that will become maybe our box office or something like that. Um, with everybody's eco bricks and it's a start and what it does is it, it the knock-on effect is it stops you wanting to buy plastic you'll do, I mean I'll just do anything now I'll go out of my way so I don't buy a plastic bottle because I've got so many in the cupboard and if you don't throw them away you're keeping them and if you throw them away you know that they're going in the ocean and some poor creature is going to choke on it or you know it, it's just it's going to have a bad effect on the, the, the makeup of the sea as well so that's, that's a start. 
that's a start. There's a few well, other things I'm doing, but it is a start. I mean, there, you know, I mean, climate change. I mean, we're all aware of it, and uh, Greta Thunberg and uh, David Attenborough have been yeah. leading lights in trying to you know find solutions and talk about it and yeah open, yeah open people up to it there is more and more happening all the time i mean you get companies like TerraCycle, for example mm. who mm. are now actually um producing you know getting people to to take their cheese wrappers because that has been quite a thing to get rid of plastic wise mm, get mm. their cheese wrappers in the these banks that they've created and mm. create in a community and recycle them into furniture play play equipment for yeah children. so there is a lot going on now there really is yeah there is a lot going on we we just <clears throat> you know it's 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 so easy i found to go I'm doing my plastic bottles. I, I'm, at least I'm doing that. And then I get into my car and I drive, you know, for three hours to Gloucestershire to see my mum and dad and think, I know this is wrong. I know this is not helping the air, you know. Um, so I've got to sort of work that one out. Got to. Because the emissions from cars and planes are, are just choking the air that we breathe. And now the uh, pollution is back up in London. So sad because it was so clear during lockdown you could feel it you could hear the birds singing like crazy it was really wonderful to feel the difference in the air and apart from that you know the fact is that it's now illegal quantities again you know which is really bad gives people bad lung lungs and who knows who knows if that has an effect on us regarding coronavirus we haven't heard the data yet but you know, I, I just feel that we need to treat ourselves and the planet really, really with great tender care. And I don't know if you did this, Ali, but when we went into lockdown, I found that I reduced everything I was using. Did you do that? Yes, I did, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, mm. also, the other thing is, is that I think that that helped us potentially is that we couldn't really go out as much, could we? Yeah, no. So, no. No. so we're saving money, saving on all sorts of costs to the planet and costs to ourselves. So I think a lot of people have kind of woken up to that and gone, hold on, though, I don't actually need to do that huge shop every week. I could just buy a few things and create some wonderful recipes. Food waste in the world is, now I'm going to forget my statistics, but they're all on the website, the London Climate Change Festival website. Um, but you know the the waste in the food on in the world of food is immense it's enough to create the size of a country of like china that's how much food waste there is per year enough food waste to feed the hungry starving people three times over so if we know that those of us who are not starving and not um stupid we can start thinking, well, if I don't buy so much, I won't waste it. If I can just limit what I'm eating, plan ahead a little bit, you know, go to the green grocers rather than the supermarket a bit more, so you're in brown paper bags rather than plastic. Try and, you know, any plastic you end up having, stuff it into the bottles, you know. It's, it's slowly but surely, but it, it's a wonderful awakening and it, it's great to try and, and make the way you live different. And we're, we're just about to invite loads of 
artists to become part of a collective uh, where they will meet up with scientists and have conversations a bit like this, you know, pretty normal chats, but how do I do this? What happens if I do that? And, but it's something very funny or interesting, you know, Rob Bryden has joined us and all sorts of lovely people um, that, that you will find on the website as well and more. And they will help us understand with the scientists what we can actually do and what will happen if we don't do it. So I'm looking so forward to that. You, yeah, are you saying now that because of the, the, the fact that you were going to do this whole thing, it was in March, wasn't it, that you mm. were set to do yeah. it? But now you've moved the whole thing online um, for, for, for the moment. Well, yes and no. I mean, um, because I'm still quite active as an artist, as well as uh, an actor, as well as, uh, a, as an activist for climate change, anything I do, like I'm going to do a production of a little night music in Holland Park, which is open air. We're not going to use lighting. We're only going to use sound and it's all going to be hopefully green sound. So everything I do now is going to have that little logo of London Climate Change Festival on it. In other words, we are thinking about sustainability as we perform a show so that you know there's no waste wastage there's there's so much you know in every walk of life but particularly I have to say in theatre sometimes we we have these elaborate sets and then at the end of the run it's all thrown on a dump somewhere you know and I think we've got to rethink it we can't go back we've got to go forward that's what I'd like yeah yeah, so let's talk about briefly, let's talk about the, the production that you're doing in Holland Park. So um, who else is in it? Well, I was in Follies with Joanna Riding recently and she is going to play the Countess. I'm going to play Desiree. Um, we are talking to some amazing people and I'm afraid I can't tell you tonight because there, there was a little bit of a delay just before I, with, with the rolling on of casting. And uh, it's, it's Holland Park's fault. Uh, but uh, consequently, I haven't, we haven't contracted the people that we're pretty sure are going to do it. So I can't say tonight, but needless to say, they are Olivier Award winning, brilliant, brilliant performers from um, shows that you definitely will have heard of because they were only recently uh, taking those awards. So um, wonderful people, uh, Fra Fee and uh, Laura Pitt-Polford are signed up. Alex Parker with the orchestra. He's done this before. We've actually done a little night music together before. And we, well, I rang Alex and I said, I'm sitting in Holland Park looking at this amazing, beautiful house, the front of the house of which is the perfect set for a little night music. And I said, I've just got this inspiration to do it. What do you think? And he came and sat next to me and he said, oh my God, it's absolutely made for it. We can only invite 200 people and the tickets will be something around 40 quid each. So it will be, you know, unfortunately not for everyone, this first one, but we're going to try and repeat it if we can. Um, keep things open air, keep things beautiful and, you know, measured. Uh, I hope that I can ring you up and say you can announce the cast in about two days. Definitely. Well, no, that, that's absolutely fine because... Um, in short, I'm not going to put this out tonight. So great, great. Well, we so, rang. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we we uh, I I wrote to Stephen Sondheim's lawyer, Rick Pappas, and I said, 
you're going to think I'm crazy, but I really want to do a celebration of life and a thank you to our country for looking after us all. I mean, I know not everybody has had this, but you know, a lot of us have had, you know, a little grant to keep us going, keep the wolf from the door. And I think that's amazing, to be honest. I think it could have been a lot worse, you know, we're all all right. And um, I just thought it would be really lovely. It would be good for us anyway to get ourselves going, but also to do something that says, isn't it wonderful to be alive? And yeah. aren't we crazy people as well? And that's a little night music. That is it. That's, that's sort of what it does. And it's got the most amazing music. Anyway, Stephen sometimes said to Rick Pappas when we told him who we wanted to cast, and I wish I could tell you who it is, oh my God, that is a dream cast. Yes, yes, yes. So that's what moved him to say yes, because he doesn't usually give the rights for something like this. He's, he's very, very choosy. Uh, I know him well, you know, over the years, and certainly from the recent Follies um, performance. But, oh, he's... Uh, He's a very choosy but tasteful man, and I really respect his choice. So I was thrilled that he put the thumbs up about the cast and the event itself. So, you know, it's our first, it's our dip in the, dip in the, toe dip in the ocean, you know, to see how it's going to be. And then about, then I'm going to go on holiday for a week, and then I'm um, going to just relax because it's going to be a lot of work. And then on the 1st of September, I'm going to open Crazy Cox again. Crazy Cox is a wonderful cabaret room in the West End in ZL Brasserie, run by Jeremy King and James Albrecht of Fame Productions. And they phoned me and said, would you like to open it? So that was very nice and very scary because it's going to be live streamed as well. Um, but there is room for 40 people a night. So it's all going you know, down to these tiny audiences. But... I'm actually looking forward to it because I, I don't want to rush back to that wham bam jamming everybody in and sweating and you know it just we've got to be really careful we've got to be not just careful with ourselves catching it but just careful the way we I think go forward now we've tasted what it's like to be scared of death really scared of its presence yeah. you know like that we we have to live with that that's part of our lives but I think, you know, having, having known people who've had it um, and nearly died, not actually died, but known of people who've died, it, it's made me really value every breath, every tree that gives us that, every yeah. tomato I'm growing in the garden because I thought we were all going to starve, so I planted about 100 tomato plants, you know. It's... Um, you know, it wakes you up to how lucky we are just to be here, you know. Yeah, and to, just to be surrounded by nature, I agree with you. Yeah. I do agree with you. You know, there, there, there is the tip side of, of, you know, doing this, of having interviews over Zoom and mm. using technology. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's great as in it saves us getting into cars or getting on trains or getting on planes or getting wherever. Um, but also the, the flip side is really is human contact. Yes. As humans, we love to be around people. We love to hug people. We love to mm. spend mm. time with them. And you can't replace that. No. I mean, no. surely. I mean, Zoom... Zoom's pretty good, isn't it? But it's not, not nearly as good as seeing somebody in the flesh. 
No, exactly. And also, I mean, you know, with your productions that are coming up, you know, in the next couple of months, one in the Holland Park and, and also the one in the West End, you are going to probably notice, actually, that having a, a, any audience is going to be amazing because, mm. you know, I, I've spoken to um, actually one of my last podcasts um, was a dancer and, you know, he said, you know, you, it, it's a totally different thing when you're performing over Zoom to people. To, yeah, so different. Yeah. In a, a live room with actually people, you can't, you can't match that. You cannot. No, no, no. It's, it's just a whole other level of uh, energy and communication. Um, and, you know, they said to me, you know, if we can't bring an audience in, we'll just do it live stream and you can perform to the camera. And I said, you know, with Cabaret, one of the things you rely on is somebody saying something to you in the audience or, or you deciding to go down into the audience and say hello to somebody that they weren't expecting it. Or, you know, you, there is the fourth wall is broken and it's part of the charm of Cabaret. So I said, it, I'm not sure how it will feel, you know, to try and do that, but we'll have a go. We've got to have a go. We've got to keep yeah. it kind of alive because I think, I was questioning, do we need to keep it alive? Do we need entertainment? Do we need singing and dancing and acting? Do we really need it? And it was when I saw One Man, Two Governors for the first time on the NT Live on a Thursday night. And I just thought, gosh, yeah, the power of live, live entertainment is such a pick-me-up. And it can really move you to feel more inspired in your own life. I think it, it does have a value. Um, I just want to be really careful how we do it, you know, not, not to pump more pollution into the air by having too many lights or too much sound or asking people to come miles to come and see you and then they've got to drive miles away. You know, I think have got to really think about all that because we can't just think that the planet can provide, provide, provide with no end to it, because there, there is. It's just a planet. What was the turning point for you, Janie? What was the turning point? What, when did you actually, you know, they, they say, you know, a creative seed is planted at some point, and obviously, yeah. you know, your climate festival it was so what what where was that sort of light bulb moment I think it's been brewing for a bit but when I was in China uh with Shakespeare's Globe I was playing Titania in a Midsummer Night's Dream and I you know spoke the lines of the prophetic speech that she gives in the show in the play about climate change um, I should have rehearsed it, then I could have done it to you. I, I, might, I might do a little performance for you at the end of the interview quickly. Uh, but the, basically, the, the words are that we have not been thinking properly about nature and each other. And so nature takes hold of us and shows us what she can do to us. That's what her speech is about. And it's all our fault because we didn't really think about each other and about nature. In a nutshell, that's what the very long speech is about. So as I was saying this, and 
at night, get my coat on, going home in China, you know, say in Hong, well, where was I? I was in Beijing. Beijing was frightening because um, in Beijing, the pollution, you could see it. You didn't want to breathe because it, it was, you could cut a knife through the air of smog. Wow. And it smelt, it smelt. And so, particularly in Beijing, I, my, my, my words began to take on a new energy and, and uh, need to speak. We are responsible. We do so many awful things to the planet. And I saw a lot of it when I was on tour, a huge 99 floor buildings and you'd take a lift up to the top and have a cocktail you know and a bit of me was thinking hold on how is this okay is this okay <laughs> anyway by the time I got back from that I was uh, I was getting close to doing it but it took me I mean that was in nine that was in 2015 and it's now 2020 so you know I don't get any brownie points for doing this because I should have done it ages ago but it was the play then it was Greta Thunberg that my, my eldest child gave me a book that she wrote and that was wonderful and really upsetting and really to the point, incredibly intelligent. She's an amazing kid, amazing person. I'm so glad that she's had the success and been listened to. Um, she certainly inspired me. And then I read a play called Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, which is a kind of quirky take on Chekhov, but it's American. It's American. It's a bit like a sitcom from America. Very, very brilliant. Sigourney Weaver played the part I played in, in New York, and I get to play it here. Hopefully, we're still going to do it. But that is a script. It's not about climate change, but it is about, it is about how life, when you get to about mid-50s, you suddenly go, oh, my Lord, it's come quicker than I thought. And everybody says this to you in your 30s, and you go, no, it's fine. I've got ages and ages and ages. Life is going at the right pace. When you get to 50, 55, you start going, whoa, hold on, slow down, slow down. It doesn't slow down. It actually gets quicker. And the play is about the importance of family, the importance of entertainment, how good entertainment can really make you feel good, how bad entertainment and corrupt, if you like, entertainment can, can, can really harm. And it's also ultimately about loving nature. So it took a left turn, this play. I was laughing my head off and suddenly it took a left turn. I thought, oh yes, yes, yes. This is relevant. It's not just funny, it's relevant. And I'm so grateful to Christopher Durang for writing it. He's a really respected playwright in America. He hasn't really been noted here, but he is up there with the greatest godlike writers of America. And it, I mean, this was, you know, the, the climate festival was going to be in conjunction with the play yeah. and him coming over, bringing it over from Broadway. So yes, that, that would have been amazing. But yeah, you know, we've yeah. still got that to come, haven't we? And that, I think... Well, we'll see. I mean, look, on the one hand, it was upsetting that after all that work, and I mean, I can't tell you how many, I didn't sleep. You know, I'd had maybe two, three hours a night. But when we all stopped for COVID-19, that did more for the planet than any festival would have done. Anything, you know, so it was, it was actually, in a way, much better for the planet that we did stop. I was glad of it. Now, when we go back, I think the festival is needed just to go, 
don't forget everybody cycle to work if you can you know keep keep the air fresh keep it fresh we just won't have the time if we don't do it now we will not have time so anyway there are better ways to say it than i'm saying it and i think the artists who are coming on board to then create pieces that say it in a more artistic dynamic way might might move people more than me rattling on about it you know no i i I see what you're saying. It, it, it's reaching different audiences, isn't it? I mm, mean, I'm mm. festival. I mean, it is actually a, a, a fabulous idea. And I, I can see where you're coming from. You know, I mean, no one has thought of, you know, having a climate festival, so to speak, before. Mm. Conferences, yeah, sure. But, you know, a festival where you're, you're virtually, you know, celebrating the climate, I think it is great. So, you know, it, it sounds to me that because of COVID, COVID-19, I'm still undecided what it's supposed to be pronounced. Say it the way you want to, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm still, you know, convinced that because of that as well, you, you know, perhaps you, you've changed um, the direction of the festival, maybe slightly, but it's still happening isn't it in its own small way by working oh my god the, the team of yeah there's a wonderful team of people that have come and, and if you would like to be part of it please say it would be wonderful if you wanted to be um it's eclectic team of people young older whatever it, it, it's just people who are fast thinking fast moving we seem to be getting more and more people to join us and you know extinction rebellion who as i say i'm part of they do their thing which is absolutely brilliant and i'm absolutely thrilled that they are pushing for what they do but then there also does need to be a safe space where you can just go and go so can i just learn about this can i know what happens for example, if I use this substance in my washing water, what does it do to the earth? And find out really simple things and be given an alternative so that you're not, I mean, it is, it is a bit more expensive or can be, but what I found, I'm gonna start a sort of blog thing, um, is that it doesn't have to be at all expensive. Once you click into that, hold on a minute, I can use, for example, the leaves of the beetroot. The leaves of the beetroot don't need to be thrown away. If you wash them and chop them up and do them in butter and garlic, they are exquisite. So you, you start using everything, you know. And it's, you know, I looked at some dandelions in the garden the other day and I thought, well, I'm going to put them in the salad and see what happens. Everybody was fine. Nobody died, you know. It's okay. You can, you can use more than you think. And... Um, and waste a lot less. So I'm hoping that with the enthusiasm that's being generated from all the people that have joined us and the focus will we'll just emit a kind of energy that we'll pick up with other people and it will just grow, I hope, quickly enough that we can make a difference and save our beautiful world. Yeah, and I, I'm sure I'm sure you will. And I think you know, in, in a way, because you know, we've we've all had to experience lockdown. Every single one of us doesn't matter who you are. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I I think that we have learnt a lot more yeah. than we would have learned if we had just been going at it twenty four seven as we do. You yeah. know, 
And yet yeah. the, the positives out of it are, at the moment, people are not going back into offices. Now, I'm not just talking about, you know, driving the economy and whatever. We've already proved yeah. we can do a lot more from home. Um, so I think, you know, what, by not going into offices, you're not, as I say, using vehicles. Or, mm. You know, you are staying at home and you are going out and appreciating the countryside. I mean, countryside charities like CPRE, for example, has said, you know, they've, they've done, um, the, the CPRE in Hampshire actually have done a, a big um, survey that they kind of started before the pandemic and they, they just released the results and it's about the value of the countryside yeah and it's not just about uh it, it it's not just about saying oh you know obviously it's natural and it, it's beautiful and all this type of thing it yes it is saying that but you know it's also digging deeper into the climate now and mm. saying well it, you know, it has health and well-being aspects. It has, you know, it, it's much better for our planet that we're not building on this beautiful piece of nature that is really mm. basically regenerating the planet and also, yeah. you know, keeping people healthy and, you know, yeah. well, because, you know, that's all we had, didn't it? It wasn't it, really. You know, that's yes. I mean, unlike you, I kind of worked through the whole thing. Um, yeah. I did work from home for two months rather than going into the studio. And I, you know, it, it's you, you just learn to do things. And, and the only time that we really could go out was for some exercise in nature. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it a joy? I mean, that's the thing I find as well. Because of this fabulous Zoom, you know, if I'm not careful, I'm on Zoom too much and I don't get out there where I really want to be whilst there's time in this beautiful weather and the peace and quiet of the garden or even in the walk just up the road, you know, it's, and the park, it's, it's not overcrowded at the moment. It's wonderful. So, you, you know, we need to be out there, but that's the only problem with Zoom and stuff that to get a balance, you know, to, to keep a balance so we're not on the phone all the time. No, not definitely. But I've just had that thought after, you know, telling you about the survey with CPRE. I mean, obviously, the yeah. charities across the UK, but the Hampshire branch um, is, is local in the south. But um, you should really, I should get Dee, the, the chairwoman of the Hampshire branch that put this survey together. Um, yeah. And, you know, you should get a, you know, have a chat with her because I think... I'd love to. I'd love to. And also, you know, I just missed because, you know, I am busy juggling a lot, a lot mm. of time um, with my job. But um, I just got invited to the Climate Change Conference with CPRE. And oh. it was over Zoom. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't make it that morning because I had something else going on. Um, but I did do an interview afterwards with one of the CPRE ladies um, who told me all about, you know, what had been discussed. So there's another avenue for you. You know, you, I should yeah. definitely make links with the CPRE 
Definitely. Thank you. I'd, I'd love that. I'd love that. It would be, everything's good. You know, every organization like that, it's such an inspiration. It just spurs us all on to know that they're already doing that and they're already there. It's wonderful. You know, lots of little groups are good. You know, I, I think I would encourage anybody to join either join a group that's already in existence or develop their own. You know, it doesn't have to be that you're part of Extinction Rebellion or even London Climate Change Festival. You just start your own. You know, it's, 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 it's exciting to do it for your friends and for your family, you know. Well, it is exciting, but you know, the Climate Change Festival in London, I mean, London is still our capital city. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you should, and you know, you obviously, you know, got a platform without having had to do the festival because you weren't allowed to do it anyway. Um, so it, it's just a great way of, you know, connecting more people, isn't it? To, to Yes. Cause, I think. Yes. And, and people give each other ideas, you know, scientists and artists together. I mean, there was Julian Allwood, who's head of climate mitigation at Cambridge wrote a big sort of fat leaflet about carbon and how we're going to have to change the way we live so that we survive so the temperature doesn't go up to four or even two that it stays at 1.5 it's a big deal what he's done took 15 years to create this thing you know I still haven't read it all but I asked him if he would talk about this at the festival with Tamsin Whaley Cohen who's the most amazing violinist and he got so excited at the thought of having a violinist do these little moments of uh, meditation, if you like, between what he was saying. So he'd speak for 20 minutes and then she was going to play. It hasn't happened, but it will happen next year, hopefully, please God. Um, but then he did, a, he did something online for us, which is on the festival uh, website now. And he then sat down at his own piano and decided to play certain tunes in between his chat which made it much more accessible, you know, for the people who are watching. He was chatting away about climate change and he said, I'm just going to play this because I think you might like it. And he sat down at the grand piano and played wonderful. So it humanized him rather than just going, oh my God, he's a scientist. A bit like, you know, how wonderful David Attenborough is. He doesn't ever make us feel we don't understand what he's saying. And that's, that's the thing that some scientists are so academic that you have to say, hold on a minute, I didn't quite catch that. And that's the, that's the place we're going to sit with some of the interviews um, and the artists collective who will help that become much more accessible for everybody and help people to know what they can do today to make a difference today in their lives so that there is uh, at least they're, make, they're doing a little bit because in fact it was at Olio. Have you heard of Olio? Mm -hmm. uh, Tessa Clark runs this amazing app called Olio, O-L-I-O. And they, you can get the app and you can go on it and put your address in and there will be somebody in your street or around the corner who will say, I've got too many potatoes tonight. I'm not gonna eat them, I'm going away for the weekend. Anybody want the potatoes? You go, yes, please. And then you go and get them. So, you know, it's to stop food waste. And she told me, that thing about the food waste in the world could feed the starving hungry people four, three, four times over every year. So she was a great inspiration to the whole thing, actually. And Natalie Fee, who started City to Sea also. 
Um, but there, there are so many people now coming into the London Climate Change Festival and they're all doing great things, which is exciting. But at home is where we're doing the most damage. And that's what Tessa told me. It's actually in our own homes, the heating we put on, the lack of insulation, the amount of water we just let go. Um, we just use too much. We live as if we're four countries. We live, we live as if we're four countries. We're not, we're just a little island. Yeah, which is, we don't think about it. You're right. I mean, we think it'll go on forever, but it just won't. And also if we want to look after everybody in the world, we have to make sure that the message gets out in any way we can with hopefully nice ways, you know, songs and dances and people talking and joining up and helping each other. But, you know, we've got to save everybody on the planet, not just England, you know, because what happens to me happens to somebody else at some point, probably before it happens to me. So we've got to, you know, think out. Well, yeah, I mean, there's uh, Portsmouth, Portsmouth University are actually um, being commissioned to do research on plastic pollution. Um, oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm on lot of information because of, you know, doing news. So, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, they have, and uh, what two of the countries that they're doing is um, Bangladesh. Um, oh. a study in Bangladesh to try and clear up, you know, some of their waste mm. because, you mm. know, it's highly populated and they don't have any proper waste solutions like we do over no. here. Um, the other one is um, in Kenya, in Africa, obviously. Um, yeah. So they're, they're doing these studies where they can, uh, you know, help improve the waste collections um, yeah i mean i mean this is where sky gingel who runs that restaurant spring has said just just try not to throw it away at all because it makes you realize it just goes in better if you're not throwing it away you're seeing it every day it's piling up and you it, it hits home if you keep it that really we can't use plastic anymore and i've heard that tesco are just about to do refillables so instead of taking a you know, a plastic bottle of shampoo home and chucking it away, you'll go with your container, fill it up with shampoo and come back again when it's empty, which is brilliant. It's what I was praying for because that's where you go along the supermarket shelves and think, we just don't have a hope. If all this stuff is in plastic, how are we going to solve the problem? Let alone in other countries, in this country, where you say we have special, you know, ways of getting rid of our waste. We don't actually, we have been shipping it over to Malaysia. They've now said, no more, thank you. Send it back. So we're doing incinerators and we're doing landfill, which is really not good for the soil or the air. So we have to just stop it. But it's easier to say it. It's very difficult to do it. But the best way we can do it is to stop buying it and stop throwing it away. Stop, I found that my cupboard full of plastic bottles as it's been growing, part of me is really proud of it. And part of me is terrified that it will take over my home soon, but it won't because what it's done to me is made me realize it's worth walking a little bit further to get the stuff I would have got in a plastic container in my paper bag or in my container that I take with me and just fill it up like that. So there's, you know, 
less and less plastic coming into the house. I, I get so excited. I put my bin outside the door. It's not inside anymore. I don't have a bin inside. I do all the compost is in the garden. Any plastic goes in the bottles. Um, cooked food, I put down the loo. Only cooked food if, it's, if we're not eating it. I try and make everybody finish their food and not to cook too much, much, but sometimes there's a bit over. I put it down the loo. For now, I can't think of what else to do it. If it's rice or something uh, and you can't eat it, more of it. And, oh God, I have to sort out my blog because I can feel myself saying too much. But um, yeah, yeah well, the, the thing is though, Janie, it, it's still a learning curve. It is not yeah. you, it's still a learning curve for everybody. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. You know, they are discovering new ways of, getting rid of food waste all the time yeah they they are it's not it's not something that is stationary by any stretch of the imagination you know there no new ways of doing it all the time because interestingly enough the the one thing that i really have you know shocked me because you know being being a journalist and running a, a newsroom um you get to know that you know especially in the south region that i cover what certain authorities do and don't do and it mm. absolutely shocked me um it's probably about 18 months ago now when i realized that certain different authorities in berkshire for example there's like four four authorities yeah were doing different things one could recycle a lot of plastic the other one could hardly recycle any plastic mm. and so forth. And that is just in one county. Um, and, mm. so, you know, it, it, it is a, uh, an ever-changing situation where people are looking into it. As I said, TerraCycle, I mean, I don't need to like to drop names in my job because I don't, you know, I don't really want to endorse people per se, but TerraCycle... Yeah. Um, as I said, have teamed up with Cathedral City, you know, the cheesemakers. Oh, yeah. And they've come up with a process of getting rid of uh, cheese wrapping because that plastic Wonderful. has actually, no one could recycle it before. No, no. no. It before. So they, mm. they, they have, you know, there, there, is, there is different things happening all the time. Um, which yes. Is Yes, that's right. But, but I suppose with Tessa's comment about in the home, uh, I think the main um, thing I want to try and help people to do with the festival is to know what they can do just within their own homes. So the government will have to, you know, catch up. But, but Julian, I was going to say to you, Julian Allwood, the guy at Cambridge said, you know, if we're going to start shouting at the government, he said, I'm not interested. But if you want to talk about social movement, I'm interested. I said, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to talk to people like ourselves and see if we can all help each other to shift our behavior into a place that is intelligent, sustainable, sensitive. My, I didn't bring it over, but my rubbish now per week goes in a brown paper bag about that size. That's my rubbish that I've thrown in the bin per week. It used to be a whole bin that sat in the corner and stank, you know? And I, I thought one day, why am I doing this in my life? I've got a bin inside my kitchen that's got old food, plastic, all sorts of awful stuff. 
and it's sitting there sort of putrefying and I'm spraying the air with stuff to make it smell better. It's just a stupid way to live. So I took the bin, I put it outside. I thought, I'm not throwing anything in the bin this week. <gasps> but it's worked. Whoa, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Oh my God. I got overexcited. Yeah. No, no, well, I'm not surprised you've got overexcited. That, <laughs> that is amazing, though, that you, you've managed to do that. I, I think I'm behind you with that. I really am. I mean, I've got my various recycling bins and, you know, I, I do my, you know, plastics in there and so on and so forth. But Yeah. Um, I think it was because this guy who's with us, uh, Victor, he's from Malaysia. And he told us, he went home for his holiday and he said, by the way, when I got there, he said, the news was we sent the ship back with all the rubbish. He said, because we saw the landfill and he showed us a little video, you know, the landfill, what they, you know, putting all our rubbish in their land and then their soil, which is ancient and very good, is going to be corrupted by the breakdown of plastic in the soil. It's going to suffocate you know, already the world's species have halved in the last, you know, forgotten the amount of years, about a hundred years. You know, Greta says it in her book, you know, half the species we had have gone. They've gone. And it's, we've just got to turn the clocks back or forward in a very thoughtful way. Have you got I don't know why I'm saying it to you. No, 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 you but, know already. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's good that, you know, you do, I, I think I find that a lot of people probably don't, like myself, probably don't make the adjustment that you've made, uh, you know, may reach that. I probably would reach that if I wasn't, you know, so caught up in, you know, as I said, I, I basically my day job is, is working in news. So yeah, it, it's all of this, you know, I, I it's like this, really. You're, I know, I know. That, that's the thing. That's why I like the lockdown, because the lockdown stopped all that crazy, sorry, I've got a meeting five minutes ago, I've got to go. You know, that, I heard myself say that so many times. So sorry, I've got to run. I've, just, I've got to be over there. I've got to be over there. I've got to take this call. I've got to, you know, like, I was, oh, I was just exhausted when they pulled the plug. I was so glad to go and be quiet for a bit. But if we keep going like that, well, we, we, I think COVID is, you know, as sad as it is for many people who have lost their loved ones. And, and I, I'm so, yeah, that, that's not, I'm, I'm not talking about that. That's bad, that's sad, and that's hard. But if we don't change the way we live, we make their deaths happen for nothing. They died for nothing. If we learn through this time what we've felt intrinsically inside ourselves, which is, isn't it lovely to stop a minute and be, just be. I mean, I know some people have been terribly lonely and some people have been stuck in, you know, small flats and it hasn't been like that. But I would say enough people have had a positive experience during it that they can now understand that, um, we, we can't just rush around crazily like we were. It, to, what, to what end? No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't, I don't think 
life was ever supposed to be lived like that either. No, no. Um, we've just got to the stage, haven't we, where we can over-communicate. Here's another one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything is excess, isn't it? You know, that that's yeah. the, the world that we've created for ourselves. You know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not into pointing fingers. Um, no, it's us. It's us. We've done it. Yeah. We, we, we're responsible. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's we're, us. we're yeah. all in this together, aren't we? You know, it's we not, are. We are. Yeah, yeah. We are. I'm not, as I said, I'm not into to necessarily, I, I kind of like what, what Julian said, the, the, the scientist from Cambridge. I think, you know, it's yeah. quite true. I think if you can be a social movement rather than somebody who's going to just constantly lobby the government, I mean, mm. The, the government will follow us, actually. They, they will, if they, if they see, you know, that the economy has changed in a certain direction, that people are going for the refillable, that they're going for the, um, you know, like in the 80s when they said CFC emissions from sprays, everybody stopped buying sprays, everybody used roll-ons and things. You know, it, it wasn't long before the market realised, okay, we won't do so many sprays, we'll do that and took care of the CFCs. So we do make a difference. Every single person matters. Like Greta said, you're never too small to make a difference. It's so true. It's so true. And it's fun. Right now it's fun. If we don't do something now, it won't be fun anymore. So yeah, I hope that um, it's been so lovely talking to you, Ali, and you're so positive and supportive of it and, and clearly intelligent uh, about the whole thing. It's, it's great. Um, but the thing is, as my friend says to me, what about people who haven't got enough time to think or enough money to go down the road to buy the loose stuff? You know, what are we, how are we going to help them? How are we going to help everybody? How are we going to equalize it so that everybody's on the same level? And that's, that's another good side possibly of, of this climate movement that, you know, um, we're all in it together and we can help each other, but we do need to, invent ways to connect each other and i do think through entertainment is a really good idea so you know we'll see yeah no i, I think that's very very positive news as i said you know i i feel like the 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 climate when i first heard about it i was oh my goodness i really need to speak to janie i think this is amazing um, and I, I can really see that you're already making tracks with the climate festival even though it hasn't happened in you know in in uh in the real world so to speak it is kind of happening in a small way isn't it in, in the it's online it's on the it's in the ether it's in the internet but you know you can like we go to a website to find out i don't know my son goes on the history website when he's doing his homework we we can go to the climate change website we can go to greenpeace website we can get a world wildlife fund website and get loads of information but we're hoping that 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 our website will be really accessible and and help people you know nobody all of us are volunteering this it's not for any personal gain it is simply so that we can um reverse or or at least um keep at bay the prediction of uh difficult times uh, of heat of too much heat I remember seeing this film when I was about, I must have been about seven, and 
the telly went on and there was the end of a film with two men sitting on a submarine and there was a red sky and I, I can't, I, I'm going to have to find it. As somebody, somebody will know, somebody will ring you and say, tell her it's this. But whatever that film was, it was about the end of the world and the sky was red. And I remember as a seven-year-old thinking, feeling great dread about that. Um, of course, we're nowhere near there at the moment, but other people will be because of us. So we don't want to be the baddies, do we? We want to be the goodies and do what we can. So I, I think um, that film was actually, that was probably the seed when I was seven. Yeah, oh, well, there you go then, yeah. there you go. Um, so I look forward to, uh, possibly visiting the climate festival next year yes and in the interim you know um crazy cox will have a little bit of that and uh a little night music over there on the 15th i think the 15th of august pretty sure that's when it's going to be and uh, uh crazy cox and um i might do something in frampton in gloucestershire uh an open open air celebration of particularly trees I think trees are so amazing for us. We are so lucky that they are giving us free oxygen every day, you know, and, and we really, we want to celebrate them. And uh, there's a place they in Frampton. They live a lot longer than we do. They live a lot huh? longer. I said they live a lot longer than we do. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You feel it, don't you? You know, when you go for a walk and you go and touch the trunk of a tree and you can just feel the solidity of it and the strength of it and the connectivity. I mean, there's been a wonderful program about trees, uh, the hidden life of trees, and they look after each other under the, underneath the ground. They are looking after each other through the roots and they send signals to each other about diseases that are coming and they, they protect each other. It's amazing. And they're looking after us. So we have to look after them. So uh, there are so many bits and pieces and the, the team keeps saying to me, we can't do it all, Janie. And I say, I know, but let's go organically with everything that comes because we're, you know, we're going to be a diverse lot of uh, actors, dancers, musicians, writers, artists, filmmakers, um, activists, scientists, you know, just about everywhere. Medics, lots of doctors on with us so yeah it's exciting it's exciting to come together with people in this way it feels like it's really got a, a heart to it you know a meaning yeah absolutely and just basically i mean to celebrate the planet i think is is the key key thing here isn't it to to really celebrate what what the planet gives us yeah we're going to do a competition actually um I might as well mention it now. So if anybody wants to look at the London Climate Change Festival website at the beginning of August, uh, we are going to launch a competition for people to make their own expressions of part of this subject, uh, an element of the subject of climate change. They could be any age, doesn't matter, any, any, anybody can do this make a, a, a four-minute piece. It can be a film, it can be written, it can be a drawing, it doesn't matter what it is, but it has to express something about 
the situation of climate change, the weather, the plastic, the water, the soil. Um, and we're going to give directions so to help people do that. And then the winner uh, will be, well, we'll see what we'll do with the winner, but the winner, we've got to talk about what we're going to do for the winner. But uh, it depends on, we have some amazing people who are joining us. So it might be that Leonardo DiCaprio will, you know, give a special nod to whoever does the film and um you know david hockney has no, no longer with us is he but um you know a great artist will will do um something with the person who wins the art and you know so on that kind of thing so really encouraging people to find the creativity in themselves and the focus in themselves to create something that is profound and funny maybe I mean, it, it's, it, you need to laugh in this, uh, this moment in our world. I, mean, I, I think it's a great relief when we can have a laugh about it. And when we were doing the cabarets, uh, sorting out the cabarets, and Rob Brydon said he'd do it, and Celia Imry said she'd do it, and Jay Rent, loads of people, loads of people said they were going to come and do it. And they were telling me some of their ideas, and they were just, it was great. Because if you're laughing, you can absorb this stuff. If it gets yeah. a bit too worthy, it can be really boring, you know. So um, that's also the aim of the festival. Oh God, I'm going to stop going on about it now. I've said too much. No, no, that, that is absolutely fabulous. And you know what? It, it's been amazing to meet you because, you know, it, it's a different take. It is a different take. And I think, you know, you, you are quite right in celebrating nature and being mm. artistic and being creative rather than you know because as you said quite rightly most people don't understand the science behind it not the real science behind it you do to a degree but you know carbon mm. are harming the planet mm. And, mm. Um, but you know we don't actually understand everything no and it's really nice when somebody doesn't treat you like an idiot they really make an effort to explain it in an entertaining way, everything that's happening. So you can really get it. I love it when that happens. I went to the dentist the other day. This tooth came out. So I looked literally, I looked hysterical. I looked like Wurzel Gummidge or something, you know. I was very upset at the time, I have to say, but I, I started laughing about it and I went to the dentist and he, I was so scared, you know, with the injection in here, up my nose almost that it was gonna to be too painful. He didn't hurt me at all. And he explained every single thing he was doing to mm. my mouth. And it was, it was so educational and it was so fascinating. I don't, think I, I don't think I felt nervous for one moment. I felt like, okay, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get through this. And, and in the same way, I feel like with the scientists who are coming on board with us, you know, they're so good at talking. They love talking about it. They, they're great guys and women. They're great. Um, and they're, they're fun and they're quirky, some of them, and they're really cool, some of them. And they know so much. And they also don't know everything, which is also quite exciting because some things could turn around. Yeah. But it's quite, it's quite a good, good thing to be learning about. I must say, I'm really enjoying it. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. No, that, that is such good news. Right, well, thank you so much for coming on Tea Time with Ali Monjat. It's just, just been brilliant to, to really connect with you. It has. It's been lovely talking to you. It's really, it feels so easy chatting with you. Thank you. <laughs>